BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, friend. I'm Nicole Walters, mom of three, your internet bestie and founder of Inherit Learning Company. If you're looking for the motivation you need to pursue a life of purpose, then join me each week on the Nicole Walters podcast as I share my hard-learned lessons and answer your DMs about life, business, and everything in between. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll grant ourselves grace as we do life together. Check out the Nicole Walters podcast every Tuesday here on Dear Media. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai. I'm remarried and living my best life ever. See, there's so much life after divorce. I'm starting my new chapter unapologetically. I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me on the journey. Listen to all new episodes every Wednesday. So buckle up. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And actually today, I'm very excited to be joined by Jamie Scringer. The podcast today, where you are a life's coach and specialize in family dynamics and step family dynamics, which is, you know, what most of us go through. In fact, probably most of the world, we were all in it. I'm in it. My, you know, I'm not a stepmom, but I have a, you know, Sergio's a stepfather and I'm pretty sure it's the same both sides. Tell me exactly why you sort of became a coach to stepmoms, because you're actually right. They probably maybe are more sort of life coaches for stepfathers than moms at this point. Yeah, well, you know, I don't even know how many there are for stepfathers versus stepmoms. But, you know, when I first became a stepmom, so I'll kind of back up when I accidentally fell in love with a single dad with three kids, because I always say accidentally, because I'm like, this was not my five-year plan, right? So I was 27. He was recently separated and getting divorced. He was 40. We had this age difference and all these things. And I had a background in psychology. I had worked in child protection. I was a child of divorce. So I thought I had kind of this, you know, I could do this stepmom thing, right? And when I became a stepmom and was living it in real life, I realized that you know, there's so many resources for moms out there, right? Like keep it real. Like let's be raw and real about, you know, the ups and downs of motherhood, all of that. And then when I went to the internet for support about stat moms, there really wasn't a lot. And the information that was out there was very much kind of like the ex-wife bashing, like the stepmom, mom, turf war, just kind of really playing into that really toxic narrative, you know, about women competing for the man and who's just kind of like the bashing. And, you know, I thought, well, that's not going to help. 
you know, I could sit here and, and bash and, and say all the things that I'm struggling with and things that are, are going on. And that's not going to help though. So what am I going to do to thrive in this role? And, it, you know, after finding no support, I decided to kind of set out and figure it out myself. And then I just started writing about it on a blog. And honestly, I was just bored because I was home. We had the baby and I didn't think anyone was going to read it. It was never my intention to, you know, it, for it to grow into this. And then all of a sudden I had people from Australia message me. I'll never forget the first email from Australia. And I'm thinking, how the heck, right? The power of SEO online, people finding you and Google. And it really just kind of went from there. And I just, the more I talked to stepmoms online, the more I realized just how much of a gap there was in support, just based on, you know, the double standard when it came, came to motherhood. And now you have this kick-ass stepmom podcast, which is amazing too. I love this because honestly, I mean, look, obviously I have Sergio, so we're quite similar. It's the other way around, but I do feel step parents in general, it's, it's a very, very difficult subject. You know, the women probably do get a harder time, but you know, I think like, I, if I'm looking at it all the time from my perspective, I have a much younger husband and he's come mm-hmm. into a family like you did with three kids and he's very, very relaxed. Like I always say, if I was married to sort of a 50 year old, sort of very established man, my ex-husband wouldn't know what hit him. Now he has <laughs> quite a malleable, friendly face, the other end of the phone. And, you know, who's happy to sit with him at a dinner table, happy to have him in the house. But, you know, again, it's not easy to navigate any of this. So I kind of feel maybe with the age difference and the difference in your lives, which maybe you had with your husband because he was 20 years older or, or 15 well, years 13, old. Well, 13, but yeah, 13 years felt older, like sorry. 20 sometimes. Exactly. That, you know, maybe the same issues kind of, they're still there because, you know, I sort of relate to you, even though, you know, it's the other way around in ours. Because, you know, I find that Sergio's always bending over backwards. And in fact, I, as the ex-wife, am always trying to bend over backwards. I'm literally just put the phone down to my ex right now and I want to like bash him, but I can't. (laughs) And I always have to try and keep my sort of, you know, hold my posture and just wait for a couple of days because I know he'll calm down. And I think that's what step parents have to do. And I, what I, what I think I'm trying to get at is I think that, and I always trying to talk to people is like, instead of going catatonic, which is what happens, children bring home gossip between families. If one of you has a relationship and the other one doesn't, you know, all of these things that can be, a a child can go home and tell them that the stepmother, you know, told them off and that sends the other woman crazy. Or maybe you bought, he bought you a handbag that drives the other woman crazy because, you know, (laughs) she knows where the money went. All of these little things set them off. I have them all in reverse, but they're just, they're they're universal. Yeah, for sure. I definitely feel that. You know what I do find interesting? The one thing that I wonder, do you think there's a difference between the way that society views stepmoms versus stepdads? Meaning, and and, because this is something that's been a really common conversation in the stepmom space. So, you know, the male comes in and takes on, you know, this woman and her kids and, you know, is almost like praised for how much she shows up and all the things that he's doing for this woman and and her kids. And it's very glorified from, from my perspective. And then on the flip side, you have a stepmom who comes in and there's all of a sudden there's this, you know, assumption that maybe there was an affair or, you know, if she goes all in and does all the things for the kids, well, is she respecting the role of the mom? And like, does she know her place? But then if she takes that step back, well, is she not taking this seriously? 
Because I think back a couple of years ago, there it might have been Budweiser did this huge Father's Day campaign with stepdads and just valuing the stepdad who came in. And I was like, society never does anything like that for the stepmoms. There's still, I still feel like there's a bit of a stigma. Do you, have you noticed that or have you noticed yeah, maybe I mean, a stigma on your end? Straight away, people assume that the, the new wife is like a trophy wife, one that sort of yeah. comes in, sort of, you know, toddles around in stilettos all day and wears sexy underwear and spends the old wife's money, alimony, and, you know, gives the, the, the ex-husband a blowjob for breakfast. And that's... I do not do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone does. And, and, and I think that, you know, I try to get ahead, a, a, across a lot. If you've had a life with someone, a big life, for however many years, there is a certain amount of responsibility that one person should continue to have where you share the rules. Just because you came in what does that mean? That you have to go and pay all the rent now with your new husband? Do you get involved with his kids? No, you stay out. The great thing is the stepmom is a difficult role because in one, one respect, and this is what I enjoy about having with Sergio as well, is that you get the family life, but you get the dating life, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you kind of have like this life where you can, it's somebody that's not a wife yet, you don't have the responsibility together that a lot of times when you have with a wife and children before breaks a marriage. So when you fall in love with somebody new, it's exciting and you have this new relationship and you're everything. So it's kind of this lightness to your relationship that you'll never have. I always say, you know, my, everyone says my ex-husband's so much fun now. He's amazing. But I'm the, I'm the ex-wife. He'll never be that for me. He might be that mm -hmm. for you. He's never going to be that for me. So it's really a complicated relationship because the first person in with the family and all the, you know, the, the big dynamic behind it, we have the hardest job. The stepmom comes in and you get the best of that person. So the old wife sees you get the best of that person. And although it's not fair, that's the person I guess everybody fell in love with, right? But they will never get that person back. So I think that's why, I don't know if I've explained that right, really. It was a long winded yeah. way of it. But in a way, it's like the lightness that they once had is brought out by you. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I do think, you know, the second marriage or second relationships, everyone gets a better relationship, a, a better version of them, right? You know, my husband learned so many lessons from his first marriage. And I'm sure that you are the same, right? You learned lessons. You learned what works. You're, you're a different person now. So you can come in with a whole different perspective. And I think that can be challenging for an ex, especially if they're still grieving, say, the loss of the marriage, you know, and, and you're, even if you don't want to be with someone, you're, you're grieving the loss of the family and the life and, and how you thought things were going to be. It can be really triggering. Lots of things are triggering. Lots of things. Like <laughs> sometimes you think you're absolutely fine and that's why, you know, you have all these legal things in place and then one thing sets the other person off. You know, I think the step parent always gets the short end of the stick because if they do too much, they're doing too much. If they do too little, they're not doing enough. You know, they haven't integrated, mm -hmm. but do they insert themselves? They do they get they get to do all the fun stuff, but if you know the kids are misbehaving, you don't get to put your foot down because they're not your kids. You know, it's a very, very difficult line for a step parent. And they actually, to be honest, the other parent should actually thank them. Because it's hard to love somebody else's child when, you know, we all know no no stepchild goes Hello, stepmom. So happy to have you here. It's their entire oh, yeah. purpose in life is to trip you up. 
Well, and it's interesting too, because there's this expectation of stepmoms and, and people will say, well, you should, you should love your stepkids like they're your own, which is a huge ask, right? I, I've, I'm very lucky. I have great stepchildren, but it's a big ask to ask someone to love kids automatically. Like that just doesn't happen, right? Like you have to build that relationship, just like the kids have to build that relationship with you. So there's just a lot of unrealistic expectations as well. There really is. And I think, you know, at this point in sort of my life, it's like looking at what kind of step parent would make the other person happier, right? So you've got your ex and he's like, well, it's normally born from, they're not the person they foresaw you with. And because the ex is sort of, they don't mean to, but they're different. They kind of, they kind of subliminally send your children messages as to how to treat you which is how they're going to treat you, right? So it's like, it's, 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 it's very hard to get respect. I'm sure, does his ex-wife like welcome you and want to do things with you and like tell you, like say I'm, she's going to be at birthdays, you know, dinners and very happy because you're helping her out. I'm probably not. Yeah, well, it's been an interesting ride too because we've had a lot of ebbs and flows. So Darren and I've been together for 10 years now, just coming up on our 10th wedding anniversary. And, you know, at the very beginning, there were times where we would go to the hockey arena and no one would speak to each other. Like there was no communication. There were times where we would be at a hockey tournament and she would invite me into her room to have wine and we'd all get along great or, you know, go out with the moms on the hockey team. And it really was kind of this up and down relationship based on, you know, things that are going on. There's always like legal issues and co-parenting issues and just stuff going on. It's just always been really heavy. But what was really interesting, so, and I haven't shared a lot about this, but a couple weeks ago, we, we hadn't spoken in a couple of years. And during COVID, you didn't have to see each other very often. The kids are older, they're driving. So there's not that transition piece. And I had reached out and said, you know, these emails are coming in from the school. What if we all went to this parent-teacher meeting together? And she was like, yes, let's do it. So I'm like, my heart's beating, right? You know, when you reach out and, you know, kind of making a shift. And so we go and she's like, why don't we have a daughter together? So I have three stepkids and one daughter. So my eight-year-old went to her house and stayed with my stepson while we went and did the parent-teacher meeting. We all went there and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good, right? You know, I was so shocked pleasantly. It was so amazing. And so I, even when we were there, there were two chairs at the parent-teacher meeting. And then, so, you know, as a stepmom, you're like, oh, we're <laughs> what's, what do I do here? And, you know, she brought in a chair. And we all sat there together. She was just so welcoming. And, you know, this is 10 years in. And so I wrote her a text message after and I said, hey, you know, I'm really glad we could all do that today. Thank you for making me feel so included. She's now in a role where she is in a step, she's dating someone with kids. And she said, well, you know, my experience just dating with my new partner, I have really started to understand a little bit more about this role. And it's kind of changed my perspective and kind of went on like that. And I'm like, Whoa. And it reminded me though, you can't understand what it's like to be a stepmom until you're a stepmom or a step parent, right? And until you're really in that role, you can't fully get it. Like you can get it, you know, from surface level, but just the emotions that come with it. But so to answer your question, it was really nice. Things were really good. So I have high hopes for how things will, you know, transpire moving forward. But it's been challenging, right? She wasn't super excited for this younger girl to come in and look after her kids. And if Darren and I split, I, I'm not sure I would be really excited about it either, right? It's, it's a hard, there's a grieving process involved. 
But I think there's a grieving process for everybody, okay? But, you know, at the end of the day, if it's not working, it's not working. It's not because of you. And that's what I think people lose sight of. I mean, regardless, I think they think if you're out the way, kids think if you're gone, their dad will come, their mom will come back. If you're gone, their dad will come back. And that's not true. And I think that's, that's important because a lot of parents don't convey that. That, you know, if it's not him, it will be someone else. If it's not her, it's somebody else, right? I'm not going back. It's just, you know, I fell in love with this person. And I think that that is really important because a lot of parents have told them, well, she's the problem. She's the reason we're here like this. You're, she's the reason you have to do one week, one week. She's the reason you're packing every week. So obviously, you know, it's a very hard transition. But if you tell your kids, you know, which is what I have done from day one, you know, I, this was not a decision I took for Sergio, right? I took this decision for myself, like regardless of where I am. Like if I was thinking like in 20 years time or 10 years time, and, and, and as I said, I, I've always maintained nobody thought my relationship with Sergio was a good idea because he was so much younger than me. I never looked at past tomorrow because it wasn't important to me. That's not why I made based my decision on it. And I think that that's very important to tell children because then maybe they would ease into it and understand and give you more of a chance off the bat. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I had a conversation with my stepson. He actually came on the podcast, which was really interesting because we've had my middle stepson. So he's 18 now and he, he lives with us full time. And we had a rough go for a while. We really did. And, you know, he said to me, he's like, I didn't like you. I wanted you guys to break up. I, I you know, I, I wasn't happy with this. And he said, I realized when, that you weren't going anywhere though. And I needed to stop being so stubborn. And I really started to, you know, look at things from a different perspective. And I think sometimes having those open conversations, because I know my husband did have open conversations with him, but allowed him to have his feelings, right? They didn't ask for divorced parents. They didn't ask for this new stepmom or stepdad and understanding that these kids didn't ask for any of this and they're allowed to have their feelings and emotions about it. But, you know, the the big thing is, is how do we all move forward in a healthy way? Because you're right, it's not going back. It's not going back. And I I think that's the important thing. And that's what I always try and stress to my ex-husband as well. Like, you may not like me very much today. You're still going to have to see me tomorrow and the day after Mm -hmm. and the day after. Even if we communicate, you know, every once a year, you have to communicate. I mean, you know, don't, don't put us into a place where there is no communication. This is like, I'm quite a reasonable woman until I'm not. And I think that, you know, at some stage... A lot has to do with how we kick off, how us as women or the, the parent deals with things. If, if we keep a solid ground and line of communication over open and tell the new mother, the stepmother or the new girlfriend, this is how it's going to be, which is what I did mm-hmm. from, you know, from a, a, the beginning, then no one's in shock. This is how life mm-hmm. will be. And this is what's got to happen. My ex will be here for Christmas and he will be here for birthdays. And the only reason he won't be is when I've had enough. No one else. Mm-hmm. So do you guys do all these things together? Yes. Yes, but oh, it's, good for it's you. not easy. Trust me. Like mm-hmm. really is not. Like sometimes it depends. If he's got a girlfriend, then life gets better for me. If he hasn't, then, you know, he can kick off at any minute. It just depends. You know, little mm-hmm. things can pick him off. I mean, social media is a bloody disaster because, you know, they look at your life and just, you know, 
or somebody tells them or whatever, you know what I mean? And then they want to kick you again. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but what I'm saying, I think it's comes from both sides. It's, it's whoever the parent is, that's been left. The one coming in, you know, has to sort of run around and jump through hoops but I do feel at this stage, everyone's kind of jumping through hoops. I mean, Sergio literally was put through an initiation of fire with my kids, literally. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't think women are alone in that respect. I do think it's all step parents, especially if you haven't had any kids. Yeah. That's the whole, I always say I could have moved to China where they like, where no one speaks English. And and I feel like it would have been a different, like an easier transition. Yes. You know, going from living with no kids and having no experience. I didn't even hold babies. I hadn't well, babysat. I think that's the point. And then I had three kids. You're Sergio. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. Sergio has never had a child. He was 24, you know, and he, suddenly he's thrown into a world where he's got a 46-year-old man who is the ex-husband, three children. He's never held a baby or changed a nappy or not that they had nappies, but like, or dealt with like, children that were like, oh, fuck, you know, fuck off or, or had any idea what to do or lived with a woman. Now he's like, you know, got an ex-husband going, oh, you know, he wants to provide for them. Let him, you know, all of these things. He's like, I just want to date her. It's very yeah. hard. Like if he wasn't that strong, most people would run a fucking mile. I think about it all the time. Like maybe I should have just like stayed on my own and that would make him happy. Then my kids happy and I stay in the house by myself. And, you know, maybe life would just be fine if I was on my own. He wouldn't get, there would be no up and down about who gets what, this and that. Because as long as I'm miserable, my, you know, your ex is always fine. (laughs) That's very true. That is very true. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I do think we, I I actually recorded a podcast with my husband this morning for, for my podcast. And we were just talking about the ups and downs of marriage and blended families and all of this stuff. At the end of the day, though, it is worth it. Not, it doesn't feel like that every time, right? Like some days when you're in the trenches, you're like, I don't know about this, but it is worth it once you're in there and you're doing the work and you're working on those relationships and you're playing the long game. And, and like you're saying, you're, you're, you're staying true to what you want for your family. It sounds like you're, it's very important for you to have that unit, even if it's hard, right? Even if it's a tricky situation. Yeah. I mean, as I said, like, I think, I don't think there's an easy side for either of us, Right my husband and I now are, you know, very carefree and very relaxed with each other. But, you know, every so often we get a dagger to both of us. And I think, you know, I sometimes think, is it because would he like me to be with some old rich man in, in, in Miami in some sort of like living on some yacht somewhere or like, you know, and then I'm like, he'd fucking hate that. He'd hate that because that guy wouldn't even like let him through the door, you know? So Mm. I just think that there is just no, nothing is right. Nothing is going to be right. And you can't live your life for others because you got bloody divorced. You got this far, you know, you chose your new partner for a reason because you're probably the complete opposite of what he was married to, I presume. Mm-hmm. And I, I think so. Yes. Yes. I would presume. And so is mine. <laughs> and that's all I, I wanted. I don't, I, I don't think about the, the, the rest of it. As long as I'm happy, I can do everything else. I can hold the family together. A happy husband, happy wife, happy life, happy stepmom, you know, and you can't, you, you don't, you shouldn't be expected to bring happiness to the whole family. You cannot do that. You cannot provide that for their children. You know, you can just be light and fun and, you know, 
and and bring happiness to the father because if you bring happiness to the father then the kids will automatically be happy because i'm sure to get to where he's got he's been through hell and back mm-hmm. for sure and i like what you're saying about you you can't make other people happy you can only kind of focus on yourself but i do think as the woman like we do have this vibe about us right like you know we we let off this energy and so focusing on your own happiness focusing on you know, how people feel when they walk in your home, just conversations that you're having, just like setting the vibe for your stepkids, for anyone who kind of comes in. I find that super helpful. And it sounds really cheesy, but when you ask yourself, like, how do I want my kids to feel? What do I want them to remember about their childhood when it comes to this situation? Because they're going to look back from an adult perspective, right? When they're young, they don't fully understand what's going on, or maybe they have these preconceived notions about what happened with their parents but they're going to grow up and then they're going to look back and be like, whoa, you know, my parents really did handle that with grace. They really did do what was best for us. You know, that, that would have been hard, but just, just focusing on that. I mean, it's, as I said, sometimes you can have the most amazing few months and then something just kicks the other person off. And I don't Mm -hmm. think that ever goes away. I literally have just put down the phone from my ex and you know, it's rare but I'm like, I was, I've been fuming. I mean, I was like, it was so funny as I was coming down these stairs, like, like you know, really pissed off. And then, <laughs> and then you're like, coming to talk about it on this podcast. Yes, the, perfect the other way around, unfortunately, otherwise I was yeah. about to go into it. But, you know, you know, but it, I was like, that's why I'm saying to you, no, it's universal. It doesn't matter if it's a woman or a man. It's the same fucking issue. It is the same issue. You know, you weren't married before, but the, some, there are some stepmoms who also are coming into these an ex-husband too. Now you've got two exes behind you, you know, and that's mm-hmm. also a big like thing to sort of, sort of get past because, you know, at least with you and Sergio, you don't come with baggage. We carry all the baggage. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you're just learning to deal with carrying our baggage. But when two people have baggage, I have no fucking clue how you navigate that. None. Chapeau to yeah. all of you out there who've chosen other women with kids when you have kids. I, there's no way I could do it. I could not. I would turn into the Von Trapp family where you need a bloody minibus to get round. And, you know, <laughs> I don't even know how that works. And then, then you've got two exes who are going, well, I'm not paying. I'm not paying for your new kids and you're not paying for my new kids. It's a bloody nightmare because it's a minefield when it comes to money, by the way. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the big stress, right? I would say if we look at our our biggest stress, our co-parenting situation, it's always been money. And I think a lot of times in, in many situations, it is the money. It's the child support. It's the spousal support is who's in charge of paying what. And, you know, it's interesting because I think once you can kind of get that figured out, it's not as challenging, hopefully. How did your your husband figure that out with his ex? And he stuck to it, no changes, because I find that depending on the mood that they wake up in is how you're, how that's going to go, even with legal papers. So what he did, so he took on, he took the assets, but then any debt that they had had to kind of ha- let her leave the marriage without any, like he kind of took over anything and then they had child support. And just based on his situation in Canada, they do a table child support system. I don't know how they do it in the States, but you take her income and his income kind of put it into an equation and then so he paid child support, but they opted to not do that because it gets to the point where it becomes too much. That's more for like lower income or, you know, at at a certain point it it becomes a bit of a windfall. So it's always been this negotiating thing, right? So how much is enough? How much is too much? That kind of thing. 
So every year it gets evaluated based on and where they made an issue or a mistake is that there was no equation. So it's not black and white. So it's always up for debate and interpretation, which I think in any situation, if you're dealing with co-parenting or and money and child support, people are always like, oh, we're amicable. We're good. We're just going to figure it out as we go. That works really good until it doesn't, until that someone's really, really pissed well off. Until it doesn't. And it changes. It changes, you know, one kid might go to university then. So the things change, you know, then one. And I do yeah. think it should change at some point too, but I don't think, I think it has to be done properly. Not because the other person just woke up and said, hello, I'm changing it today. Doesn't work like that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so it's a legal agreement here. So you can't, so there's like the family responsibility office, I think it's called. So if your child support's not paid, you can file, they can get their wages garnished, all that stuff. So it's, it's such a, it's a, it's a business thing at the end of it, right? Like figuring out how to divide up this family that you have in terms of the expenses and all of that. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it's kind of been this ongoing thing for us because it just always needed to be reevaluated based on incomes every year. I think it's ongoing for everyone, to be honest. It really is. And I think if that's, if you look at it and I always think, God, is it, would it, is it easier just to stay with the person? I still don't think it's easier just to stay with the person. I think, you know, I just say, get a good lawyer, get a good lawyer, get a good lawyer. But even then you're right. I mean, there's always a way around everything. And there's always wiggle room. And I think, you know, I always said that I think I'm quite pragmatic and sort of open and I talk about everything. But as I said, you just don't know what's going to set the other person off. And I think that happens a lot. And, and if you get a younger girl or one of you marries before or whatever, you know, and I don't think marriage come, should come into it because if you, the other person remarries, that's got nothing to do with your child support. But, you know, I do mm-hmm. think. Does it that, in the States? Hmm? Does it where you are? Because I know in certain areas, stepmoms are, in my community are worried about that. But would yes, your partner? Yes, it does. It does. They oh, say if it one does. parent gets remarried, then things change, which I don't understand because you've still got the kids with each other. So, so that's And then it's all up for debate again. And I'm like, you know, I feel very strongly like what if even if it's my way round or your way round like why what, what's it got to do with Sergio three kids nothing like he if if you're going on in, not incomes but what he would spend on himself just go and get he'd go and get a normal apartment doesn't need a five bedroom house so that's mm-hmm. i think is a very difficult part of it and i think that everybody goes through and i wish i could give people out there sort of more of a direction in it but it there's just it's you that is universal that is universal. Every single friend of mine that's divorced is going through that, renegotiating, renegotiating. So it means you're just never quite free of it. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I think once you recognize that though, right? Because I think a lot of, I would say from stepmoms coming in, they think things are going to get better or as time goes on. Well, this will no longer be an issue or we're not yeah, going to yeah. have an issue with the ex. So I do think at the very beginning, if you're having a bunch of issues and you have things that are happening in some way, shape or form, those issues are going to be, you know, ebb and flow throughout your relationship, right? It's not going away. The ex isn't going away. You know, your insecurities as a stepmom and trying to find your place isn't going to go away. The way the kids are feeling, not going to go away. The ex, again, you know, not going away. So I think accepting that and just expecting it almost so you're not as surprised, right? You're not as surprised when it happens because you're like, okay, here we go again. I think that's a very valuable lesson because actually when I, having had my you know fight this afternoon, I called my <laughs> girlfriend and she was like, well, what I will say is you're so calm. 
And I was just like, like fiddling around and whatever. And I go, I am. And she goes, yes, a year ago, you would have kicked the fuck off. And she's like, you're calm <laughs> as a cucumber. I'm so proud of you. And I went, oh my God, you're right. Because I'm not yeah. even that shocked. I'm like, oh, well, okay. I'm like, you know, see there. I, I can't be bothered to waste my breath because you're absolutely right. It doesn't change anything, to be honest. Okay, good luck. Try it. If You know, it's okay. And you're right. He's got, you know, we're stuck together for the rest of our bloody lives. You know, my, my current husband's always like, oh, you know, I was meant to go, I go somewhere with my ex and he was like, oh, you're sure you're not going to get back with him? And I'm like, pretty bloody sure I'm not getting back with him. But th- that's from step parents perspective every time you're in the room they think you you know your heart flutters and that you're going to go back and that you're going to go oh my god this is the person I love because you have history and that's just not true so there is so much every which way that we all have to get used to but get used to it we have to it is not ending he's not going to drop off the face of this earth nor am I and my my new husband will always be the new husband I presume for quite a long time. I was married 18 years, so he's got another 18 to go before he's even going to catch, you know, 17 to go before he catches up or whatever it is. And I suppose you're right. These insecurities stay all the time. And it's just about how you react to things and not giving Mm -hmm. them the power to Mm unhinge you every week. Mm -hmm. Because it's so, it's annoying to hear when you see all these things, you're like, the only person you can control is you. You can only control your own reactions. But it's so true. It's, it's really just about kind of recognizing that you can only control yourself. And as annoying as that can be, because it can be really easy to be like, yeah, but they're doing this and they're doing this and looking at everything everyone else is doing to affect your life because they are. But I love what you were saying about how all of a sudden you weren't affected by it anymore, right? Like you didn't have the same reaction. Because I always say to the stepmoms that I work with, you start to do the work and keep perspective and, and, and start to like really work on your own happiness. All of a sudden, when the same thing happens, you realize you've reacted in a completely different way. And that outside situation has affected you far less than it would have, right? You know, things used to knock you on your ass and you're consumed. You know, when things used to happen in my step family situation, we get a lawyer's letter. My day was pooched. I was looking at precedent setting cases. I was doing the research. I was like all over everything, trying to, you know, support my husband. And now I'm like, oh, it's a letter. You know, it's not as big of a deal you know, you've been through it and you can kind of manage your actions accordingly. But I had to do a lot of work to get to that place and just kind of accept things for as they are, because nothing's going away. The situation is what it is. I mean, I learned that too. I learned from just doing business, actually, just that, you know, legal letters are always sent on a Friday to fuck up your weekend. So, you know, one of the most important things I think my dad ever said to me was never read them on a Friday, never read them when you get them you know, read them on Monday when you can actually deal with them. And that was key. And I would suggest that to anyone going through a divorce. And this, you know, this was for business, not for my divorce, actually. But, and I think that, you know, but it's a lesson that I learned to keep calm. And, you know, as I said, what I also find is one person will kick off either side and then give it 24 hours. One of you's gone because genuinely most people don't want to end up unless you're like, you know, Richie Rich, most people don't want to end up in the, in the legal system because, you know, there are just no winners. There are no winners. Threaten all you like, do whatever you want, stamp your feet. And that's the thing. It's a control thing. And that's what I don't like because when you get divorced and you've moved on, nobody should be controlling each other's life. Unfortunately, that's why that was the whole point that you got divorced in the first place. 
because you didn't want to be controlled or you didn't want your life controlled by somebody else. You know, I have chosen a very specific, very out there way of living so that I'm not controlled by anyone. I will not. I want a partner. I want a friend. I want a best friend. I want to giggle. I don't want to, you know, I don't want a teacher and I don't want to be controlled <laughs> by anyone. I want to do what I, I want to do. I don't want a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It, it, it's true though. The control tactics when it comes to the legality. Like, out there clapping. <laughs> oh, is he? He's like, yeah. yeah. No, I love that. But the control tactics, right? And that's the thing that happens. And I think that's where, you know, lawyers get involved and things get heated is when people feel like they've lost a sense of control and it triggers them, right? Because makes them have to look at something that's maybe going on within them instead of doing that. They want to just, you know, project it on other people and make things more difficult for you because it's easier to blame you than it is to deal with your own stuff. I think another really important thing that I did and remind myself is to make sure that, you know, your ex always knows that what they contribute or what they give you goes to the children. So I'm very clearly put, you know, what's in my kids' names into my kids' names and said, if I die, this is theirs, you know, so there you know, is that's no very mistake. rare. Uh, well, I that's did that. very rare. I did that. Good for you. So that, you know, there would be no misunderstanding that, you know, look, if, 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 if your ex is contributing to a house or to this or to that, that belongs to your children, right? Because you've put it there. If, if I drop dead tomorrow or you drop dead, then your ex should get it. You know, you, you should get it and, and everything else. But like in the meantime, I feel that that is my children's, my children's path. Things are for your kids, you know, so to, to, I, I made sure that everyone was aware of how it was going to be. And I think then there's no shock to people. You know, my kids are aware. I'm aware. We're aware. Everyone's happy. And that, that creates a very happy home. And we're all so happy. He's, he's loving this. My son is outside, everyone that you can't see, clapping away with his thumb <laughs> up. But, you know, I don't keep things from my kids either, you know, so that everyone has, you know, and, and my son loves his stepfather. And he was the, you were the difficult one. He, he made him jump through hoops, but he loves him. He calls me more, him more than me now. But it's, it's a great And how long did that take? Oh, that took, Two, two years before he came around? Two years, I guess. I can't remember. Two years, I guess. Yeah, it's been, they've had a great relationship now for, for another two. So it's been four. Mm-hmm. It, took, it took two years for him to get used to it. And now he loves it. I mean, they've had bumps, but nothing, nothing serious since. And I think everybody's happy now. Everybody loves. If you say, do you want two happy parents or one? Your kids will always say two. And that's it. So true. That is so true. Yeah. As long as you do it like that and things don't change for them and you make a happy home for them, I made them choose their rooms. I made them do get what, you know, their beds, choose all their stuff. Then they're super excited and nothing is bad. And I, I, I mean, I don't know what goes on in their dad's house, but I presume they love going there. He lives on the beach. I live in town. So like for them, they get, they go there and they sort of go out with their friends and they, they're on all these restaurants and they can walk out in the middle of the night and go there. Here, they come here and they sit by the pool. It's like a holiday home. They know how to play, play us. They know how, which parent to stay when they want to, you know, like, oh, I may not come home this week, mom. I'm like, okay. You know what I love though, that you're okay with that? Because there's sometimes when kids will kind of do a little bit of that and play the parents. And there's part of me that's like, wouldn't you try to? It's almost like they're they're taking it a bit. They they see the situation and they're they're kind of 
you know, work in this situation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Right. No, it's like, good, good for them. You. Good yeah, for good them. For <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't be kids if they weren't doing that, if they weren't slightly bending the rules to them. I mean, you know, they should, and it was not easy for them. So at the same time, like if they want to, I never, ever make them stay if they don't want to stay. I never say they can't go if they want to go. I think, you know, you have to sort of listen to them too, because a lot mm-hmm. of this is about us, the step as parents, and it's not about the kids. So when the kids do speak, I do feel like you should listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I talk a lot about how kids are people, not timeshares, because yeah. you'll have a lot of people who are in situations and they're like, well, that's my parenting time. Or, well, well my, that's my time with the kids. You can't it's like, do actually, that. it's the kids' time. Yeah. It's the kids' time because they're a human being and you don't want them to miss out on things they wouldn't miss out on if they didn't have divorced parents. It's not the fault. Oh, teenagers too. So they're not, then it's not even about spending time with us. They don't want to spend time with us. They want to spend time with their mm-hmm. friends. So if it's yeah. more convenient to be on the beach with their dad, they'll stay there. It's not about not wanting to see me. It's just like, mom, going out with the boys. Like, really, I'm not coming home because I'm on the beach. So I don't take it mm-hmm. personally. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love yeah. that you have that perspective too, because not, not everyone does. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jamie. This has been great. I'm going yes, to go and thank feed you my me. child who is standing out there with his ear stuck to the window asking to come. But this was really, really amazing because it is something, as I said, that touches every family. I mean, and, and seven, what, 78 or percent of the population is now divorced or getting divorced or more actually. It's crazy, it's crazy. numbers. So that everybody. And you know what's another stat? Go on. Here's another interesting stat: seventy percent of over seventy percent of second marriages, when kids are involved, end in divorce. Oh, I no, I do know that. It's actually hot. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I get why, but it's not actually they're not achieving what they think they're going to achieve, which is the parent to run back to each other, and that's that happens a lot. But you know, it's very hard. And actually, you know, second marriages, you you get a lot of love. But it's really, really hard on the couples, much harder than first, because, you know, there's no baggage. So I don't know what's right or what's wrong. But what I do know is this is a problem that's not going away. It is. And we just have to get used to it. And there need to be proper and different ways of dealing with this so that, that you know, maybe can simplify things for people and that people don't get shafted by making a decision to choose them, to choose their own happiness. Mm-hmm. That's so true. I love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. It was great. Oh, tell everybody about, sorry, quickly how they find you and your podcast and all of that. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Scrimger and I have a membership, which is, you know, a closed community for stepmoms. It's the Kick-Ass Stepmom membership. And then I have the podcast, the Kick-Ass Stepmom podcast. You can find all of that over on my page or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you, Jamie. Congratulations on all that, by the way. It's great. Thank you for listening to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind the scene action. 